0: Welcome to The Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about The Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Philip Moore, and for be March next year, it'll be 20 years that I've been executive pastor here at The Ark And it is always, if you're doing the math, by the way, I started when I was 15. (laughs) Yeah, right. It is always an honor. It's always a privilege to stand on this stage and to be able to share with you. So as we get started this morning, I have a question for you. Have you ever had one of those days? You know, one of those days when you can't seem to get anything right, nothing seems to be going your way. You've got pressure that seems like it's coming from everywhere, and the whole world, it seems like it's against you. And maybe you're thinking that the best thing to do on that day is to just go home, go to bed, and hey, let's try this thing again tomorrow. Anybody ever had one of those days? Well, those of you who can't raise your hand and don't know what I'm talking about, I found a list that might help you with it. You know you're having one of those days when you wake up and your braces are stuck together. You put both contact lenses in the same eye. Your horn sticks on the freeway behind 32 Hell's Angels. Your twin sister forgets your birthday. The worst player on the golf course wants to play you for money. The birthday cake that you have collapses from the weight of the candles. The bird singing outside your window is a vulture. I think this one would do me in. The doctor tells you that you're now allergic to chocolate chip cookies. That would be bad. How about this one? Your four-year-old tells you that it's almost impossible to flush a grapefruit down the toilet. And this one hits uh, all too close to home these days. It costs more to fill up your car than it did to buy it. Life isn't always easy even for us followers of Jesus. And we really shouldn't be surprised by that. I mean, lots of people have been giving us fair warning, including Jesus himself. We were never promised a perfect, easy life. In fact, the Bible tells us in John 16, 33, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I, Jesus, have overcome the world. We will have challenges in life. But I'm grateful that Hebrews 13 tells us that God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We're going to go through valleys in life as well. But I'm grateful for Psalm 23 that says, even though we walk through the deepest, darkest valley, even the valley of shadow of death, God says he'll be there with us each and every step. Life can, no, life will at times be challenging and have its valleys. But I like how Joy Clayton says, She says, how we answer life is critical. So I'm gonna ask you again this morning, have you ever had one of those days? How about one of those weeks? How about one of those years? I have. 2021 will go down as the toughest year in my life. The year began with my mother in hospice care. She was battling Parkinson's disease and a deteriorating body. And our extended family, we were all honoring her request. We had her at her home, in her bed, eating her food. And we were lovingly serving her and preparing for her to go home and be with Jesus. For months, this went on kind of like a roller coaster ride. We had a few steps forward in her progress, and then we would have several steps backwards. And this pulled on us uh, in our emotion as well as physically with several trips back and forth to Georgia to see her. On February 13th, though, of last year, we were able to celebrate mom's 82nd birthday. And we were thrilled to all be there and to celebrate that weekend with her. And then, unfortunately, we flew home just in time for the big Texas freeze and five days without power in our house. In early April, my childhood friend, my longest friend, He unexpectedly passed away of a heart attack. In early May, I had another close friend, an extended family member. She passed away unexpectedly, and I was thrilled and honored to be able to celebrate and officiate her graveside service in Oklahoma. Then, at the end of May, in a peaceful and a very gracious way with my dad by her side, my mama went home to be with Jesus. And we were again out in Georgia to attend her service and to help my dad in any way that we could. I spoke at my mom's funeral, and with my two older brothers there as witnesses, I shared the known reality that not only was I the youngest and mom's baby, but I was indeed mom's favorite. (laughs) In August, my father came out here for an extended visit, and we had a great time together. We spent some time out on the lake, we took in a baseball game, and we were able to celebrate my dad's 82nd birthday. Dad, he was in great health, and he was actually giving prayerful thought to, what did God have for him in this next chapter of his life? There was no quit in my dad, even at his age. But at the end, at the end of October, my dad, he contracted COVID, and he ended up in the hospital. He was almost immediately put on a directed air breathing device. He couldn't survive even for just a few minutes off of that device. But he courageously battled long and hard to come off of it. Over the coming weeks, our days consisted of early morning and evening updates and conference calls with the nursing staff. And then throughout the day, we would have brief video chats with dad since we weren't allowed to go see him in person. And this went on for several weeks with many ups and downs along the way. At one point, we thought dad was improving and was actually gonna be able to come home. Unfortunately, he never did. In mid-November, my father lost his battle with COVID, and he went home to be with Jesus and to be with my mother. Now, dad would be the first to tell you that he never did well being apart from mom, and he was always better with her. I spoke at my father's funeral, and I shared the lessons that my dad taught me and how grateful I am for the impact that he made on my life. I've been around death. I have attended and conducted my share of funerals over the years. I've had loved ones that have passed away. I was even bedside with a friend in his final hours. But this, this was definitely the hardest and the closest that I've been hit by death and for it all to be so compressed together in time. I did not handle it well. At times, I felt like an empty shell, numb, exhausted, broken, spent, emotionless, trying to come to terms with a new shocking reality that I, would, I had been given. I was always close to my parents, and I choked up at the realization that in far too short of a time, I had become an adult orphan. I knew where my parents were. They were with their Lord and Savior. They were whole, healthy, healed, and they were together again. And I knew that even if they could, they wouldn't want to come back. But still, I hurt and I found the pain almost too much. Part of my challenge in how I was dealing or not dealing well with everything was the fact that I wasn't as strong spiritually as I thought I was. And I certainly wasn't as strong spiritually as I needed to be. Now, I realize that right now you may be thinking, well, Philip, how in the world can that happen? You're on staff at a great church like the Ark. Or maybe you're thinking, as a pastor, I'm not supposed to feel that way, let alone admit it publicly. Well, I'm not proud of it, but it's the truth. As Pastor Allen says, pastors don't get a spiritual pass in life. We don't get some get-out-of-jail-free card, an express pass, or a wild card to use in life just because of our vocation. Life still hits us like it does you, and we have to be ready for it. Unfortunately, I wasn't. And this is where the title of my talk comes in this morning, investing in your faith. You see, what I learned, and I'm still learning through all of this, and this is my main point, If you get nothing else, get this today. As simple as it may sound, the key to successfully navigating and living the victorious Christian life that God has for us and he desires for us, is that we stay spiritually strong by investing in our faith. One of the heroes of the Christian faith is a man named Paul. Some say next to Jesus, Paul's life had the most impact on Christianity. Yet even Paul's life was marked by the ups and downs of life. He came on the scene as Saul, and he had built a famous reputation actually persecuting Christians. And talk about the peaks in life. God got a hold of, uh, of Paul, got his attention on a road to Damascus, and he not only changed his name, but he radically altered the course of his life. Now Paul, although it used to be named Saul, dedicated his life to spreading the gospel, including missionary tours that shaped the early church. And Paul is credited with writing almost half of what we now know as the New Testament. As for valleys, Paul had his share. He was flogged or beaten five times. He was falsely accused, he was ridiculed, he was shipwrecked three times. And talk about having one of those years. Paul was having two of them when he was in a Roman prison where he wrote the book of Ephesians in around 60 AD. Ephesians is a, a letter that Paul wrote to the early churches, encouraging them in their faith. And in the third chapter, there's a, pro, a prayer that Paul prayed for the early church, and it applies to us today. A few weeks ago, I was reading this portion of scripture in a Bible that belonged to my dad. Here's a picture of what that scripture looks like in my dad's Bible with his underlining and his markings. See all the maze that are circled in that passage? These are the specific requests that Paul was making in that prayer. I parked there that morning on that scripture and just read it and read it and read it again, allowing that scripture just to minister to my spirit. I imagine Paul falsely accused and cooped up in the prison, but he's on his knees and he's praying this prayer for you and he's praying that prayer for me. And I want us to take a look at that prayer together today. And I want to encourage you to not just read the scripture with me, but allow this prayer to come alive in you. And maybe like me, you'll want to go back and read it over and over again and let it minister to your spirit. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. Paul says, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory... To be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your inmost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, that is God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love fully experiencing that amazing, endless love, and that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. And now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more, I love that phrase, super abundantly more than all we can dare ask or think, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all, how many? All generations, forever and ever, amen. There's a few things I want to note this morning about that prayer. This prayer is powerful. I mean, look at the things that Paul is asking for you and me. He's asking that we'd be spiritually strengthened, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by our faith, that we'd be able to comprehend and be grounded in God's love, to know his love by practical and personal experience, and that we'd be filled with the fullness of God and have the richest experience of God's presence. That's a powerful, powerful list. But that prayer is also possible. I believe that this prayer is God's heart for every one of us, not just some of us. And I don't believe that God would set something out there for us that is unobtainable. So this prayer is powerful and it's also possible. And then I would submit to you because of that, this prayer then becomes both our example and our goal for how to live a spiritual healthy life but how, how do we get there? How do we get to that place in our life? Well, here's what I learned this past year. Number one, spiritual strength is vital. At my lowest points in 2021, I did not have a lot in me, body, soul, or spirit. But thankfully every Tuesday morning, our church staff meets right here in this auditorium for prayer led by joy. And it was during this time that God used Joy to speak directly into my life along these lines. She taught our staff that we are a spirit, we have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we live in a physical body. You get that? We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Each part of us is important and has its own unique role. But it is the spirit that is the most important part to keep fed, to keep healthy, and to keep strong. It takes consistent effort. It takes, certainly takes a lot of attention. But a strong spirit is essential in our lives, and a strong spirit will actually keep our soul and our bodies strong. For me, that priority had gotten out of balance, and it was showing up in my life. My soulish area was the, the the area that was the most well fed, and it wasn't sustaining me through this current valley. And the truth is, it was never intended to. I needed a stronger spirit. According to Keith Moore, there are three things that will help us to stay strong in our spirit. Number one, we need to watch what we take in. What we watch, what we listen to, what we take into our lives, it matters and it has a direct impact on our spiritual strength. Just like natural food feeds and nourishes our bodies, these things are food to our spirit. The second thing he said is that we must exercise. And the best way that we can exercise our spirit, he says, is through our mouth. What we say and what we speak. Look at Proverbs eighteen twenty-one. Scripture says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge in it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. In other words, what are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your situation? I like how Pastor Allen puts it. He says that you need to find yourself in God's word and says what and say what it says about you. If you're not sure what to say, I'm gonna give you a hint say this, Philippians 4.13. Say, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me, and I am ready for anything and I'm equal to anything through him who gives me inner, infuses inner strength into me. Keith Moore says we need to watch what we take in, we need to exercise, and then finally, we need to watch for the drains in our life. Fear, worry, doubt, strife, constantly looping our problems over and over again, these things will drain us. Much like pulling the spiritual, uh, the reservoir, the, the plug on our spiritual reservoir of our life. We need to be aware of the drains in our life and be on guard against them. An important thing to keep in mind here is that what drains you and what impacts you might not impact and drain me the same way. Looking back for me, it was the drains that affected me the most. Not realizing them are effectively replenishing all the things that were draining out of me. For me, becoming stronger in my spirit, it involved getting key verses in me that were both life and medicine, and saying some of those scriptures repeatedly at times and oftentimes out loud. Scriptures like Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 34, The Lord is good. I am blessed as I take refuge in him. So Ephesians 6.10, I am strong in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.7, I walk by faith and not by sight. Becoming stronger for me also involved holding on to the Lord for everything that I could and standing on his word. It involved staying in and consistent with Bible 365, our Bible reading plan sitting under Pastor Allen's teaching. It involved turning off the TV and turning on biblical teaching. It also involved for me embracing worship music and letting that feed and nourish my spirit. I even found myself going back to some of the old hymns from my childhood. Hymns like, great is thy faithfulness. But here's two of my go-tos. On Christ the solid rock I stand, and tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Now, before I leave you with an imbalanced impression of what 2021 was like, the, the year did have some of its great moments as well. Here at the Ark, we celebrated our 25th anniversary in June of last year. And then over the summer, we were, we were blessed to be able to finish the construction on our new addition and the different renovations that we were making here on the property and move into these new spaces. Personally, there were some great moments as well. In August, our daughter, Megan, she got engaged. And a few months ago we added a new son-in-law to our to the to the mix, Ben, right there. Ben's back there behind that that window, by the way. Hey Ben. <laughs> and then in September of last year, we got the wonderful news that the next generation of our family was getting started. And this last month, in fact, on Mother's Day, we welcomed, there she is, Miss Ryan Kennedy Moore, to our family, born to our son Josh and his wife Kennedy. You didn't actually think I was going to miss the opportunity to show her off, did you? <laughs> we have already fell in love, me and that little girl. Even with all the valleys that I experienced last year, I'm grateful for the mountaintop experiences that God gave. And through this experience, that's one of the things that I'm coming to understand. That this is how life really goes oftentimes. As much as we would like for it, Life is never a smooth upward trajectory free of challenge, disruption, or change. It has its peaks and its valleys along the way. Maybe it's because of my business training, but I love graphs. And I wanted to use a few this morning to try to illustrate and drive home this point a little clearer. For many of us, this graph here would be our preferred ideal how life goes. I mean, isn't that beautiful, a nice, smooth trajectory going up in the right direction? However, I'm concerned, or I, I think, that uh, this is how we often feel. Sharp lines going in all kinds of different directions. Or maybe you even feel like this. No show of hands or anything, but uh, that's, that's quite a mess right there. In reality, though, this is how life goes. It has its peaks and valleys along the way, but there is a general upward trend in the right direction. Which brings me to the second thing that I learned this past year. The first is that spiritual strength is vital. The second is that investing in our faith is critical. As life brings these peaks and valleys, we must place incredible importance on regularly, faithfully, consistently investing in our faith. And as we invest in our faith, I believe not only are we going to survive the peaks and valleys of life, but we'll actually thrive and we'll arrive at the place that we want to be in life. But more importantly, we'll arrive at the place that God wants us to be in life. In finance, there's a term called dollar cost averaging. It's a simple technique that involves investing a fixed amount of money, in the same fund or the same stock at regular intervals over an extended period of time. It's not an impulse strategy, a get rich fast type of, type of approach. It's more of a lifestyle, a lifelong pursuit. The keys to this type of investing are to start, you start putting money into the fund as quickly as you can and get time on your side, you stay committed invest regularly and don't don't get moved by the ups and downs of the market. And you take a long-term approach. And as you do, you'll be amazed at how your, your funds will trend up and pay off over time. Well, these three keys to dollar cost averaging investing, they apply to our spiritual investing as well and form the application for my talk this morning. Number one, we need to start. Wherever you are today... Embrace the importance of a strong spirit and start intentionally investing in your spiritual health. You can make investments by reading your Bible, Bible 365, our Bible reading plan. You can make investments by simply talking to God in prayer, coming to church and being around other believers. You can make investments by joining one of our groups or joining a serving team. You know, it's like they say, the best time to plant a tree was 25 years ago. The next best time is today. So we need to start. Number two, we need to stay committed. Don't get thrown off by the ups and downs of life. We've already talked about that this morning. They're gonna come. It's gonna happen. So hang in there and and keep sowing into and feeding your faith. If you're already doing the things that I listed just a minute ago, then that's great. But I have a question for you this morning then. What is one step that you can take to exercise your spiritual muscles at another level and to grow. Take that step. Number three, we need to take a long-term, a long-haul approach. Scripture tells us that a man reaps what he sows. Sowing and reaping is is God's idea. It's actually how his economy works. And when we invest in his economy, good things happen. So I wanna encourage you to stay with it because perseverance will pay off. And one day, you're going to be in a situation in life where you're going through a valley and you come out on the other side and you look at it and you, you look back amazed and saying, how in the world did I weather that so well? How in the world did I get here? The answer is going to be because you invested in your faith. You see, here's what I know about what I'm going through. I know that God, he is helping me by his grace, by his strength, by standing on his word, I'm coming through this valley. And on the other side of this valley, I'm going to be stronger and better equipped to handle the ups and downs that life is going to bring. And I'm going to be able to live victoriously the the life that God has in store for me. And my testimony is going to be of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. In 1820, Fanny Crosby was born in New York. At only 6 weeks old, a poorly trained doctor applied a mustard plaster to her eyes that rendered her completely blind. 6 months after her birth, her father tragically passed away. Fanny's grandmother raised her while her widowed mother worked as a maid to support the family. Even at an early age though, her outlook on life was not diminished, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. At age nine, she wrote these words. Listen to this. Oh, what a happy soul am I. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. Fanny attended and graduated the New York Institute for the Blind, scoring so incredibly high that upon graduation, she was invited to remain on faculty as an instructor. Later in life, Fanny met and she fell in love with a gifted young man named Alexander. He, too, was blind. In time, they were married and they they were blessed with a daughter. However, tragedy again struck in Fanny's life, and soon after the birth of the infant, she died in her sleep. In her lifetime, despite the tremendous tragedies that she faced in life, Fanny became a prolific author and hymn writer pinning more than 8,000 hymns and gospel songs with over 100 million copies printed, earning her the title Queen of Gospel Songwriters. Fanny passed away at the age of 94. One of her most well-known hymns is actually one of my favorites, Blessed Assurance. Look at these words with me. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Through the peaks and valleys of her life, Fanny's faith kept her strong. How do you live a life like hers and then write a song like that? By being strong in your spirit and investing in your faith. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. The best investment in our faith that we can make is to invite Christ into our life and enter into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with him. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. You've never said yes to him. Or perhaps you've said yes in the past and for whatever reason, you've gotten away from him. Today, you can renew that relationship. If you've never said yes to Christ or you need to come back to him, we're gonna say a prayer in a minute. We're not gonna call you out or embarrass you in any way. But if you're here today and you're saying, I want in on that prayer. I want to invite Christ into my life. If that's you, then right now, simply raise your hand and say, Philip, include me in that prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, see your hand. Yeah, yes, yes, all right, yes. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? All right, we're gonna do exactly what I said. We're gonna pray together. Pray this out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Amen. Amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.